Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Football Social Daily, your daily Premier League podcast. Welcome to Thursday's Football Social Daily as we stumble our way to the Premier League weekend. Just two days to go until the return of the top flight and you can hear what former professionals Michael Johnson and Francis Benali make of the likes of Leicester against Chelsea, Liverpool Arsenal, Man City Everton, Tottenham Leeds, Norwich against Southampton and all the other games on this week's edition of The Dugout from Football Social Daily which is available tomorrow evening wherever you get your podcasts. But for today we'll be taking a look at some positive press for Crystal Palace at least enough for optimism for supporters, as reports claim on loan Chelsea man Conor Gallagher is having doubts about his Stamford Bridge future. The midfielder got his first England cap this week and has dazzled for Palace this season. Will he remain at Selhurst Park next season, or will it be a return to parent club Chelsea after claims he doesn't fancy his chances of breaking into the Blues' side? Patrick Vieira is certainly doing a good job with Crystal Palace. Can Dean Smith do the same with new club Norwich City? Just days after being dismissed by Villa Smith bagged himself a new role as Canary's boss and he's been speaking to the media for the first time since his appointment. Can he do the unlikely and steer Norwich to survival? Plus we take a look at the back pages of today's papers, combing through the gossip columns to see what we can find. Adama Traore, Erling Haaland and Aaron Ramsey are all names we'll discuss today. Welcome to the podcast, this is Football Social Daily. I'm Niall and joining me for the show today we have Marley Anderson who, talking of transfers, is nearing a move from engaged to married. How's the <laughs> prep going Marley? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going well. Uh, we finished paying everyone last week so uh, uh, yeah if anyone sees me lend me a tenner please <laughs> I was going to say after a few failed moves or a few moves falling through but that sounds like <laughs> something else <laughs> rather than postponed marriages <laughs> yeah it's, yeah, you're probably right Yeah, it's like a few fixtures have been postponed for snow or something like that but it was Covid got the first two third time lucky so, <laughs> you'll yeah. be like Henry VIII for too long <laughs> and also alongside Marley fresh from a week of boogieing to a certain song all night long and if he stays things can't go wrong Callum Tyler's with us morning Callum good morning that was probably the most enjoyable international break I can ever remember but I am glad that league football was back 
and for me, but for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, before we get started, I've been away for a week, so I'll be honest, I'm feeling very out of the loop and very rusty when it comes to the latest in football. So sorry if this seems a little bit self-indulgent, but I thought it might be a bit of fun if you guys could tell me in as few words as possible what has happened in football in the last seven or eight days. I went to... St. Lucia for my time off. Uh, the Caribbean is a region of the world well known for many things, one of which is reggae. Of course, Bob Marley's the most famous reggae artist ever. And his most famous song, arguably, is Three Little Birds, which is sung by the Ajax fans so brilliantly. So I want to know in three little words what's happened in football in the last week. So think of three words you can think best sums up what's gone on in the game over the last seven days. And let me know. I'll start with you, Callum. I wonder what your three words would be to describe exactly what's happened in football in the last week. Well, there's only one story, isn't there? It's Hamden Roars again. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to suggest is you, what you should do, sums it up even better, is just take that noise that Ali McCoyst made on the commentary <laughs> after Chad Evans' goal and just put that in there. That isn't even a word, it's just a noise. That sums up everything. Brilliant. Um, Ali McCoyst, just such a passionate guy. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Whether it's on commentary, on the radio, just in general, uh, as a proper football man, love it. And what about you, Marley? What would your three little words be? Uh, managerial merry-go-round, probably. <laughs> I think I think merry-go-round's two words, but if it's not, uh, then I'm having it anyway. I'm doing it in two words, because yeah, if it's not, we'll hyphenate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just managers going everywhere. Yeah, no. Dean Smith back at Norwich. Um, you know, Lampard picking and choosing despite nobody really offering him a job. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Howe doing a uh, making the Newcastle players train. Um, yeah, it's a bizarre. So yeah, completely completely different uh, two weeks. It's been managers actually doing things they're supposed to be doing. Can you believe yeah. it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, of course, Eddie me. Howe at Newcastle, and you mentioned Dean Smith, who's gone to Norwich City, and we'll talk about him shortly. My three words though would be stat padding Kane. Um, <laughs> after about a billion goals he scored against, I think was it Albania or Andorra? Albania, I can't remember. Yeah. Albania and. San Marino, of which he scored back-to-back hat-tricks, the first England player to do that in a long, long time. And he gets closer to Gary Lineker's goal-scoring record for England. Wayne Rooney, of course, out in front. And there's no doubt that Harry Kane's going to overtake him. But of the 17 goals he scored this season, only one of them's come in the Premier League. So, <laughs> so that would be uh, would be my three words. But great to hear what's been going on over the last week. But time to look ahead now. And we're going to talk about Conor Gallagher and the future for him. Because there are some suggestions in the Daily Express today that the on-loan Chelsea man who's been brilliant at Crystal Palace in his loan spell this season so far, allegedly has some doubts about his Chelsea future. Now, as I said, he's been unbelievable at Crystal Palace. He's been rewarded with his first England call-up by Gareth Southgate, and he played against San Marino in the last England game. This is an interesting one, and this will certainly be positive news for Palace fans, Marley, because of how well he's playing. And also, it brings up the old argument about are Chelsea really doing the best for their young players? We'll come on to that shortly. But first of all, I wanted to mention Patrick Vieira because Conor Gallagher plays in the middle of the park, much like his coach Vieira did so well for Arsenal. In terms of his development and his future and how well he's playing at the moment, despite the fact he's on loan at Palace from Chelsea, surely playing under someone like Vieira, who is so revered in the game, counts for something. Yeah, I think it does, yeah. Um, there are not many players to you know better to learn from. Than, uh, than Patrick Vieira, especially when, you know, you're, you're 20, 21 years old and you're trying to establish yourself and um, come into a new club and play your game, but also, you know, become the best you can so then you can go back to, to Chelsea or to move on and prove how good you are sort of thing. So, 
he's been he's been great this season, and that's I don't know how much of that is down to Vieira, but you've got to still give Vieira credit for for playing him in his right position and getting something like five or six goals out of him already this season. So, um, but yeah, there's not many players who you could look at and say you know there's certain like players that go to clubs and they're managed by certain people, and you just think yeah that'll work. Um, and Gallagher and Gallagher, uh, Gallagher learning off Vieira has been has been sort of a, a relationship made in heaven sort of, sort of thing so far. So it's only going to benefit the pair of them in the future because Vieira start, starts silencing the doubters because Gallagher's scoring him goals that get him Palace um, into a, a decent position in the league. Um, and Gallagher does himself favours by, by scoring the goals after getting a chance, which is what he needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm... So glad he's been called up to England as well. I think he's I think he's been a breath of fresh air and, and looked really good in the middle for Crystal Palace. But he's worried, if he goes back to Chelsea, Callum, that you won't be able to get into their first team, despite how well he's playing. Now, we know how good Chelsea's midfield is. We've spoken about it on Football Social Daily loads of times in the past, and they're never going to be shy of good players. They're Chelsea at the end of the day, and they are European champions. Do you think he's good enough to start for Chelsea? And can you understand those concerns that he supposedly has? I think... He could well be good enough to start for Chelsea. I mean, the thing about Chelsea's loan system is if you're good enough, they'll sell you. And if you're really good enough, they'll buy you back like they did with Lukaku. So, you know, you you know, if you if you keep playing well and, and you eventually become good enough, you will eventually be signed by Chelsea as a first team player. Um, the loan system gets a lot of criticism the way it works at Chelsea. And I can kind of understand it. It's a bit like, you know, they they sign all these young players. They sort of farm them out to these loan clubs. None of them make it in the first team. But actually, if you think about it, if you're that age and you've got a four-year deal at Chelsea, that's your security. And then, you know, you've got the chance to play in different places, figure out who you are as a player. I think it probably works for the player just as well as it works for the club. I think this from him, I think he's talking up his position at the moment because he's he's kind of been a bit of a bolt from the blue, I would say, for most fans. I know he's at West Brom and, and Charlton, but in the last few weeks... Um, he just kind of has exploded onto the scene from nowhere, made it into the England team, um, scored at the Etihad. He's been absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, he plays with such confidence. He kind of looks like a young David Beckham and speaks like a young Joe Cole, if you listen to him. There's something really throwback about him. And I think this might be a bit of kind of, um, I don't know, I think he's just trying to put himself on Chelsea's radar. He already will be. Um, but I, if you're as talented as he is and you go the distance as it looks like he will, I don't think he's got anything to worry about. He'll end up at Chelsea or a similar club eventually. I mean, you hinted at the international break at the start of the show and how well Scotland have done. I mean, Chelsea have got players like Billy Gilmore on their books and he's out on loan at Norwich City and didn't really get too much game time under Daniel Fark. But yet for Scotland, he's been excellent. I mean, is it just one of those things where they will inevitably lose some of their players because of the nature of the game and how many players they do have because you know talents British talents at that like Gallagher and Gilmore can be worth a a pretty penny because people do pay a premium for those British players yeah it's a funny one with these two like you can kind of understand it with sort of you know Brazilian teenagers or you know Portuguese left backs or whatever and and how they kind of get swept up in the system and then moved around Europe but there's always obviously more interest when it's a an English player or a Scottish player and I think it's a strange one with these two and it's do you know what it'll actually be quite interesting to track the sort of fortunes of both of these um I know we're going to come on to talk about Norwich I really hope Gilmore actually gets more time to play um and I, I also kind of think that if they're a team that's about to start battling relegation that's maybe not the best place for them to be would it be better to be back at Chelsea or, or somewhere some other team that's playing a sort of different style of football um I don't know I think 
Chelsea will see it as a like this is all about managing risk that's why you have so many players so they're probably ready for a certain percentage of them to sort of become missed opportunities become the next Lukaku that they just end up buying back for two or three times what they got from in the first place um yeah it's a funny one it you know what it'll just be interesting to see how it works with these two young stars who at the moment probably wouldn't get anywhere near the Chelsea midfield but in two or three years time could be the kind of linchpins at the heart of it I've seen some Chelsea fans make exactly that comment Marley that that Callum was just talking about suggesting we've got Jorginho we've got N'Golo Conte we've got Kovacic we're one of the best teams in Europe we are the European champions we're never going to have a shortage of midfield talent we've got a production line through the academy I'm not that bothered if Conor Gallagher leaves that's the viewpoint I saw of one Chelsea fan on Twitter I'm not saying that that goes for all blue supporters what do you make of of that viewpoint from the fans in terms of you know if Gallagher leaves it's okay he'll be good but is he really going to change the fortunes of Chelsea's team and in terms of Gallagher getting into the first team he's still only 21 and there's still time for him to establish himself of course um yeah I mean you'd agree with it because nobody thinks Chelsea are going to fall apart if they don't play Conor Gallagher um, they are going to be fine whoever they play because, as you said before, the Chelsea, they have the pull, they have they can sign anyone. They've had success recently. They might end up winning the league this year. Um, they won the Champions League last year, so it's not like they're going to struggle for anything and they've got financially you know, as much money as, as most other clubs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, really, because Gallagher... I've, I, you know, I think Gallagher could do a job in the Chelsea team, but... On the on the sort of basis of it, is he as good as Jorginho or Kante? And you're probably saying probably not because they're very important to how Chelsea play. Um, Gallagher seems to be a bit more sort of box to box than the pair of them, um, like a lot of energy and a lot of sort of late runs, Lampard esque in in the way he sort of plays. He arrives late into the box and grabs a few goals here and there. But uh, at the minute, I'm not sure Chelsea play like that. Um, and if they if they do play that way. They've got Ziyech, Havertz, Pulisic and Mount all in that position as well. So um, as for the sort of rumour that he's um, he's a bit unsure of his future, like that makes sense, especially after getting in the England squad. That's only going to accelerate what happens next season because he now knows he's good enough to be in that England squad and he knows he's rated by the, by the people in charge. So he's going to be like, OK, I definitely need to play next year because... It, it's a World Cup year. There's a there's every chance he could force himself into that squad if there's an injury here or there, or he's or he's simply just playing better than some of the other options. Then there's every chance that he could uh, he could make that squad. So he has to be thinking about that, um, and he's he's got to use the rest of this season to to see what is uh, what is is in his best intentions. The uh, the interesting contrast as well with with Gallagher is actually maybe Phil Foden, who obviously came through highly rated and the the constant question marks in his you know first couple of years on the radar at city was should he be going out to get you know experience on loan should he be moving to a club in europe should you know why is pep not giving him enough game time fast forward 12 18 months uh foden's played like 50 games um at least he's he's at you know staple of the team but there was that period wasn't there where pep was like no no the best thing for his development is to play with the best midfielders in the world which we have right here and i don't trust that no like no other club can do it the same way that we can um and that's obviously the kind of the antidote to the chelsea model or that that way of thinking is certainly the opposite of of how chelsea kind of behave and i wonder if foden almost acts as like the new model the proof that actually maybe that's the way to do it because you mentioned all those great midfielders 
that would be a pretty good team for him to learn in as well. Although I think, you know, as we said, Palace is probably the best next option with Vieira and the way they're playing at the moment. Do you think part of it is the fact that if we take someone like Billy Gilmore, for example, he's played 11 Premier League games for Chelsea. Conor Gallagher hasn't yet played a league match for Chelsea. Do you think that because someone like Gilmore, Callum, has had a taste and Gallagher hasn't, and his first real taste of top flight, top tier football is with a Crystal Palace side who are, by all accounts, exceeding expectations so far this season. Do you think that that might be factoring into it when it comes to perhaps making a decision on whether to stay or whether to return? Yes, and also Gallagher is a Chelsea fan. I grew up about 10 minutes from Cobham um, and probably is absolutely desperate to play for them in a first-team game and obviously feels he's good enough. And I think, I think, But I also think Gilmore could be the um, potentially a bit of a cautionary tale for him. Those 11 appearances for Chelsea, in which he played well, like, like he was getting plaudits for those performances, but obviously then the very next season was sort of deemed a bit surplus to requirements or you know go and go and have a year at Norwich um hasn't played at Norwich and if he if Gilmore wasn't doing what he's been doing for Scotland he wouldn't be anywhere near the sort of consciousness of people at the moment thinking about who these next big young midfielders are going to be um so I think I think Gallagher should try and you know while there's lots of people to compare himself to he's clearly on his own path if he has a blistering season for Palace, his value will be sky high. Chelsea will, will want him back or they'll cash in and sell him to, to a big club either in the Premier League or in Europe. Um, so I think he's just got to stick to his game and keep doing what he's doing. Um, yeah, it's early days. It's somewhat unfortunate, I guess, that he's a year younger than he is because if you look at someone like Mason Mount who had that season in which Chelsea were under transfer embargo and Frank Lampard was the manager, him and Tammy Abraham were kind of able to establish themselves in the Chelsea first team. Tammy Abraham, after a number of loans to the likes of Bristol City, Swansea, Aston Villa, decent-sized clubs, particularly Villa, um, and he helped them to get promotion to the Premier League and then he gets a chance in the Chelsea first team. Um Mason Mount went down to Derby in the Championship, but Conor Gallagher's on loan at a Premier League team and one doing well in Crystal Palace. And maybe that surely counts for something, particularly in Thomas Tuchel's mind. Um, and what we've seen from Tuchel is the likes of Trevo Chalabar and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, players who were considered surplus to requirements by previous managers, actually being given an opportunity and creating chances for themselves in the first team so maybe Gallagher might look at that and consider returning to Chelsea at some point who knows but that's what the Express are saying about Conor Gallagher who allegedly has doubts about his Stamford Bridge future whatever happens between now and the end of the season he's having a brilliant time of it at Crystal Palace Will Dean Smith, though, have a brilliant time of life at Norwich City? They're currently rock bottom of the Premier League table and he's got a real job on his hands to keep them up. We'll talk about him next on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Sports Social's Football Social Daily. It's Thursday and yesterday, Dean Smith gave his first Norwich City press conference since he was unveiled as the new manager following his recent sacking by Aston Villa. Now, he's left one job and fallen into another one pretty quickly, Marley. And in speaking to the media, he said that taking this Norwich job with them bottom of the table and looking doomed for relegation is not a risk. What's your take? Do you think he's right? Uh, I think he's right because a risk is 
by definition, something that where you don't know what the outcome's going to be, and everyone knows the outcome at Norwich is going to be that they're going to go down, <laughs> and even that they're going to come back up again the year after. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can see that happening again. Um, so in a way, it isn't a risk because everybody knows what is likely to happen. Like Norwich, the Norwich board know they're likely to go down. They're prepared for it. They're not financially all over the place. They've been there before. They've got experience and know what to do to set things out and come back. Um, and Dean Smith isn't thick. He knows he's been around. He's been in the championship. He's brought teams from the championship to the Premier League. He almost did it with Brentford. Uh, then he did it with Villa. Um, so, no, there, I don't think there is much of a risk because everybody knows in which direction they're pulling. They know what they're fighting against. Um, the staying in the Premier League is 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 a a risk. But it, even with the word risk, I just wouldn't use the word risk because it's not. It's it's more of a a long shot that that they might stay in the Premier League, and that would be like winning the lottery for for Norwich. But the way it is. You know, um, as I said, there's no real, there's no huge pressure on the job because the pressure comes with, you know, bringing them back next year and having another go the year after that, which seems very dismissive. But, you know, there's a there's a, a, a massive gap between them and uh, the, the teams above them in terms of the ones that aren't in the relegation zone right now. So uh, I wish, wish him luck, to be fair, because I think he's, you know, he's, he's done a good job at Villa. Um Arguably could have got a, a slightly better job than, than Norwich if he'd stuck around, but I think he said in, in one of his interviews he he had six weeks out of football about 15 years ago and hated every second of it, so he wanted to get straight back in there um, and have another crack at Southampton. I've never, I'm, I'm surprised he's not one of your heroes having two cracks <laughs> at Southampton in, in, two, in the space of two games, so yeah, fair play to him. Well, at least he's not doing what Alan Kerbishley did, have a bit of a break from football and stay out of it for about 16 years <laughs> and still get linked with every job. Of course, he's said that he thinks Norwich can stay up. It would be foolish of him to come into a new job and say, no, we're doomed, we're going down. Of course he's going to say that. He's the new Norwich manager. He needs to instill some hope into the team that he's taking over but one of the reasons he said that was the amount of points still on offer Callum he cited that there are 27 games to go and there is plenty of points still to play for but will it happen will he keep them up will it be one of the most remarkable great escapes we've seen if it does unthinkably unfold he makes a good point 27 games I mean that's that's two two thirds of the season. Like it's he's got loads of time. He's got as long a run up as anyone could need to try and do that. I think. I mean, at what point? Mm. At what point is the cutoff for it being a great escape? Um, like if you lose your first game and then you win the next thirty seven, is that? But they're currently five points adrift, so <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly groundbreaking difference, is it? You know, they can make up five points. You know, if, if Watford lose to Manchester United this weekend and Norwich City win their game against Southampton then, you know, that gap is shortened by three points already. So, you know, it's definitely uh, catchable. Yeah, he'll back himself. And listen, there's some good players at Norwich. We've already spoken about uh, Gilmore. You've got, you know, the likes of Timo Puki. You've got uh, Todd Cantwell. You've got a few players that need to find some form, definitely, that have probably been labouring under whatever system Daniel Fark's been playing. And, you know, but I think poor results beget poor results. There's momentum works both ways. And, and you know, the 
fabled new manager bounce. Um, Dean Smith has also got the uh, other cliche of unfinished business. Um, so I think all of this together could be quite a, p- a potent combination. Um, it's interesting, actually, if you remember when, before Guardiola took the Man City job, he went and lived in New York for a year, um, just studying football and watching NFL and, and learning from people and, and just kind of living a cool life in the Upper East Side. Uh, Dean Smith spent his week between jobs also in New York. He says he went around Central Park on a bike. Uh, he visited the Statue of Liberty and he got the Staten Island Ferry. So will it have the same effect? <laughs> I wonder what your take is as a Newcastle United fan, Marley. You've got a new manager, Eddie Howe. You're on five points. Norwich City have got a new manager, Dean Smith. They're on five points. You're still the only team in the Premier League yet to win after Norwich beat Brentford before the international break. You're both level on five points and five points adrift of safety. Are you worried now that Dean Smith has come into Norwich City that you know they might put up a tougher test and possibly even overtake you at some point? Um, it, it's a possibility. Um, we've got them in a couple of weeks. I think we Newcastle played Brentford, then Arsenal, and then they got Norwich at home. Um, it's a week on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, two weeks yesterday, I think it was. So um, yeah, there's 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 an opportunity there for them. You know, they're level on points with uh, with us. They're in better form than us because they've won a game this season. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a threat. Um, we've, I mean, ourselves in Norwich have to pull other play other teams into this this battle because, you know, battling against one team and say we've got to we've got to finish above them, it just isn't going to work. Like you've got to drag um, Watford and and Burnley and whoever else is is lingering around that that seventeenth, uh, sixteenth, fifteenth positions. You've got to drag them into it and make it a real scrap because you can't be relying on one team to lose every week and then you to, to you to overtake them because you know the fixture list is going to favor mm. favor certain teams at certain points. So um, you need to sort of drag as many in as you can, um, and that that has to start soon for both teams. Yeah, Aston Villa are in sixteenth, by the way, on ten points. They've lost their last five games. They're in the worst form in the Premier League. Can you imagine? If Dean Smith goes to Norwich City and keeps them above Aston Villa, that would be some turnaround, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be yeah. would be interesting indeed. <laughs> um, final question on this. Obviously, Frank Lampard was touted for this Norwich City job before withdrawing interest. Is Dean Smith a better manager than Frank Lampard, Callum? Uh, yes. And I think the reason is Dean Smith has... Well, first of all, he's got a bit more experience. He's not... He's not got. The, he's never had the profile of Frank Lampard. He's not been the media darling. He's not had the kind of guaranteed job at Chelsea. He's not had any of the advantages and the privileges that Frank Lampard has had in his coaching career. On a one-off game, like any manager versus any other manager, like it's it comes down to the intangibles. But I think over the course of a season. Dean Smith is much more of a safe pair of hands than Frank. Um, I think they also do slightly different jobs. I think obviously Dean Smith has not managed a club the size of Chelsea, and and Lampard was very clearly trying to sh- like cultivate this image of him as a, as a top-level manager. That's why he took the Chelsea job so early. And I think he recognised that there's a bit of a gap between Tuchel, Guardiola, Klopp and sort of managers that don't manage top six clubs. And, and actually, it seems to be really hard now um, in, in sort of the current age of football to go from one to the other. Um, Gerard is obviously hoping that he can do you know, uh, Aston Villa to Liverpool and it's been quite explicit about that and what I think is quite an odd way of doing that whole thing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I just think Dean Smith has got the experience and the gravitas and the authority and Frank Lampard was literally trading off the fact that he was a great footballer. Um, 
and yeah, I, I think it's no contest there. Well, Frank Lampard's one of my favourite Premier League footballers of all time. I think what he did for Chelsea is amazing to be the top scoring player for the club as a midfielder and I know he took free kicks and penalties and all the rest but he's extremely high up on the top scorers list in terms of Premier League goals in general uh, and he was a midfield player he had a, a great career the longevity was there the you know the mentality was there to do it for a long period of time was there but I think if you were putting this question to me Marley who's the better manager out of Dean Smith and Frank Lampard I don't think it's an argument. I think Dean Smith wins it hands down for the reasons that Callum mentions with experience, but also Dean Smith's won promotion to the Premier League, which is more than what Frank Lampard has done. And I know he got Chelsea out of the Champions League group and they went on to win the Champions League, but he wasn't the manager at the time. It's the same reason that Roberto Di Matteo is a Champions League winning manager with Chelsea when he only took over the last however many games of a season and, you know, won them the biggest prize in European club football. So... That's my take on the situation. If you were to choose between Frank Lampard and Dean Smith, would you have gone for Dean Smith as well? Uh, yeah, I, I think you have to now just because of the reasons you've mentioned. I think, you know, um, he's been around longer. We we know what he's about. We still don't know whether Lampard's brilliant or awful. Like, he, he did well at Chelsea with the, with the transfer embargo. And then when the pressure got cranked up a little bit, the the cracks formed pretty quickly, and I think that job was always going to do that to him because, you know, Chelsea's culture of of hiring and firing was never going to uh, dovetail well with a manager who's still learning his trade a little bit. So it was never really going to be a long term solution. Uh, whereas Dean Smith, he's been around the lower leagues, he's he's you know clear, cleared out the dressing rooms and you know. Uh, brushed water off the pitch and all that. He's done He's done the dirty stuff that you need to do as a manager to learn your trade. He's been at Walsall, then he's been at Brentford, then he's been at Villa. Like, <laughs> he's, he's done he, the dirty stuff you need to do, followed by he's been at he's Walsall. He's been at Walsall. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to Walsall. That's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think he's... Is Even he lo- Paul he's, Merson was manager of Walsall once. <laughs> gee, oh yeah, Christ, yeah. Uh, and that, that went about as well as you'd expect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's been around, so he's got that like experience he's not the best sort of you know he's not like an incredibly talented manager but I think he's uh is is sort of the way he manages is good for um a team scrapping against it because he, he'll come in and he'll work with the team and he'll 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 sort of roll his sleeves up and, and have a good go at it um and I think that's what Norwich need to be honest I think Daniel Fark almost seemed a little bit too nice at times and a little bit too oh we got beat again you know We'll try again next week. Um, a, a, a bit sort of defeated before he'd even kicked off, you know what I mean? So I think Dean Smith's uh, probably going to bring a little bit um, a bit more freshness to the job. And as of right now, you've, you've, you sort of have to say that Smith's a better manager than Lampard because we just still don't know what Lampard's about. And the more he keeps cherry-picking these jobs and, and saying, you know, flirting with... Like Norwich and and whoever whoever else he's been in talks with over the last few months, it's gonna wind more people up because I think you think you get more respect for just taking a job and as 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 Dean Smith's done, rolling your sleeves up and getting on with it and having a having a crack at it. Yeah, hundred percent. Wishing well actually at Norwich City. I like Dean Smith, but it was certainly uh, understandable why Aston Villa decided to part company with him, and there was nothing to angular let's say from his press conference yesterday that we could pick out and say oh that's a bit weird 
certainly very confident, very bullish in the fact that he is keen and understandably so and confident that he can keep Norwich City in the Premier League. 27 games to go. Plenty of points to play for. That's what he says. I wonder whether it will happen or not. Time for another break now on Football Social Daily. Afterwards, we'll be getting stuck into those transfer rumours. They're starting to pick up with the January window on the horizon. We'll do it next after this. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to the show. Time to talk transfer rumours now on Football Social Daily. There's going to be a few of these in the next few weeks, of course, with the January window not too far away now. And we're going to start by talking about the latest player to inevitably be linked with Newcastle United. Uh, That is the ex-Arsenal and current Juventus player Aaron Ramsey, who is allegedly on the radar of those at St. James's Park. Come on then, Marley. He's uh, he's going to join the long list of players that have been linked with your club since the takeover happened. <laughs> is Ramsey the sort of player Newcastle need? And is this the sort of move you think Ramsey would be interested in? Uh, yes to both, I think. Um, it hasn't... Look, I respect him for going and trying um, football in, in Italy. You know, that opportunity was there to, uh, to go to Italy and, and play for a, a massive club a couple of years back. Um, and it has, hasn't quite worked out. Like he's he's been in and out of the team. He's been injured a fair bit, which is Aaron Ramsey through and through. To be fair, um, but he's he's ultimately been deemed surplus to requirements. And I think coming back to England is the uh, is the one for him. Um, you look at who's who's out there. He'd probably fancy a, a move back to Arsenal, but you know, are Arsenal interested? I've not really heard that. Do they need players in his position after Smith Rowe and Odegaard are, are, are there? I'd say probably not. So then you're looking at who else is there, and Newcastle are there. They have the money to to take his uh, wages on. Um, the transfer fee shouldn't be an issue because Juventus want rid of him, and there's only uh, there's not that long left on his contract either. So if they want rid of him, they're going to tend to um, accept a, a lower transfer fee, maybe under twenty million if 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 they do charge anything. So I think he's, he's someone that could massively improve the, the Newcastle squad. He's got the experience of, of playing in England and being one of the, the a very good player in the Premier League. Um, he scores goals from midfield. He plays in a position we're not the best in right now um, in midfield. He'd walk into our midfield quite easily. Um, and it, it seems to fit. It seems to fit all parties, really. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that one gets done. If we can take him on loan in January, possibly. Um, and buy him in the summer and uh, and see where we are in the summer, then I think it makes uh, makes sense for everyone. Yeah, definitely someone who has still got plenty of time left in his career. Uh, he's only 30, Aaron Ramsey. It feels like he's been around for absolutely years. Well, in fact, he has been around for years. Made his debut in 2006 and uh, he turns 31 on Boxing Day. So there's still plenty of years left in his career and experience both in Serie A and, of course, in the Premier League with Arsenal. Interestingly enough, there have been... Uh, rumours that Theo Walcott has suggested that Ramsey would be keen on a return to his former club Arsenal as well. So that's another club to throw into the mix for his potential services. Now let's talk about someone who is always linked with a move to the Premier League and the son acclaiming Callum that Erling Haaland is keen on a Premier League move and Real Madrid are resigned to the fact that they won't be able to sign him and he will end up in English football. Good news for the likes of yourself as a Man City fan and probably Chelsea fans, United fans would be interested in this as well. 
Is that something you agree with? Do you think he will end up in the Premier League and that Real Madrid need to just stop their interest because it's not going to happen? I think when you look at the the way the stock of Spanish football has fallen um, in the last couple of seasons and since Messi left and the way it's kind of viewed um, will play a big part. And I think the Premier League is, is kind of where it's at. Um, I think this Haaland story is a bit unusual in the sense that it's you know by the time he moves it will be a move almost two or three kind of years in the making there was that very strange kind of tour that they did with his agent and his dad uh touring around they went to uh, Barcelona they went to Real Madrid and then they came and spoke to clubs in England and they were sort of just trying to see what was available what was out there but you know the the private jet was being tracked on Twitter the whole time and everyone kind of knew what was happening and it was very strange uh and I, I would expect all that to sort of kick into gear again um maybe not in january but definitely in the summer um i think the premier league makes the most sense in terms of the money he can earn in terms of the profile that he will have um and i think yeah it's probably down to one of the three clubs you've mentioned i think united would be the chaotic choice it would certainly be entertaining but i think you know i obviously i hope uh city edge it with his dad's connections um but yeah i think i think it's sort of a safe bet that whoever he goes to he'll be absolutely lethal um city are the one that need them chelsea don't need them at the moment he seems like the sort of guy who wouldn't be averse to that chaotic choice. Oh, definitely though. not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He feels yeah. like he's got a little bit of that within him. Kind of off the back of that story about Real Madrid giving up the ghost on the pursuit of Erling Haaland, it lends itself to this other little nugget of news, which is that Kylian Mbappe is reportedly the player that Madrid will now turn to as their Galactico signing, so to speak, in the summer. They've been chasing him for a long time as well, Kylian Mbappe. He's always linked with a move to Real Madrid. So if I was to ask you if you could only choose one, Callum, between Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe, who would you rather see in the Premier League, given the choice? Oh, I love Kylian Mbappe, but Haaland probably edges it. I just think there's something about him... He just seems like a bit of a freak of nature in terms of how fast and strong he is, but also is really tall and a bit kind of strange looking. And I I see a lot of myself in him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I I am also kind of a bit awkward looking and go bright red as soon as I start running. Um, and he just shows that there's hope for us all. Now. He's, he's, he's the one that like, it's that word I said earlier, he's got like an element of chaos about him. Mbappe is ruthless and clinical and super fast, but I feel like there's a few other players in that mould whereas I feel like Haaland is a complete one-off um, and a sort of yeah like a kind of mutation have you have you got a top knot as well by any chance or you <laughs> no but I, my hair is actually quite long I'm, I was considering growing it out maybe I'll do maybe I'll <laughs> do, do a top knot do it I want to see Erling Haaland the Scottish version <laughs> Marley what about you Mbappe or Haaland if you could only pick one to play in the Premier League next season who are you going for uh, Haaland for me I'd, I'd agree with uh I, I want to see the. I want to see how good Man City can be with Haaland up front. Um, it would be scary, and it would be six points and a minus twelve goal difference against Newcastle every year. Um, where we played, uh, we played Man City, but it's it'd be like I, that season that Chelsea had under Ancelotti, where they just beat everyone four nil or eight nil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'd be, it'd be absolutely mental. But I would like to see it just because I, I like to see the best players in the Premier League, whether they play for my team or not. Um, well, they generally don't play for my team, but you know, it's um, it's something that I would like to see. Um, Mbappe is great, you know, but he's he's nailed on to go to Real Madrid, isn't he? Let's be honest. Um, so I would I would like to see Haaland, uh, and I'd like to see him in a City shirt. And you got City with Haaland, you have uh, Lukaku with um, with Chelsea, 
you know, Aubameyang at Arsenal, um, Kane at Spurs, and then you've got, you know, little old, uh, you know, Callum Wilson chipping away at Newcastle. So all the best strikers in the world against each other. <laughs> and uh, let's see who, uh, who wins the Battle Royale. Yeah, certainly Mbappe isn't really linked with any English clubs bar Liverpool. He seems to be only ever linked with Liverpool, whereas Erling Haaland is linked with number of clubs including City, Chelsea and Manchester United so yeah we'll wait and see yet again not for the first time and it won't be the last that we've spoken about Haaland on the podcast final one we're going to talk about is Adama Traore the Wolverhampton Wanderers winger who's got no goals and no assists this season now this comes from an article before the international break about Bruno Lars dropping Adama Traore in the recent game against Everton he's got 18 months left on his deal the numbers are there for all to see no goals and assists I don't think he's played badly at times there was a game against Manchester United early on in the season I remember where he was actually very very good and unlucky unlucky not to score he's been linked with Tottenham uh, not just now, but also in the summer just gone. Nuno Espirito Santo, of course, is the Spurs manager now. Can you see him as someone who could leave Molyneux, Mali? Because even when Wolves have been doing well and Jimenez has been smashing the goals in in recent seasons, it's always been Adama that's been the one that's been linked with the move away. Yeah, that's that's probably just because of his age. Um, if you look at Wolves, you know, Jimenez is the best player, but he's, is he 31 now? And, you know, after the head injury as well, his, his value's going to drop a lot. But as for, for Traore, I, I just don't get him. I don't... I think he's so frustrating that he doesn't get more out of what he's got than, that he can't... You know, how much would the fee be if he, if he went? It'd be probably north of 30 million. So... As you said, 11 games, no goals, no assists. doesn't matter how well he's played in time because sometimes he goes ripping through three defenders um, and then doesn't cross it to anyone or doesn't score and doesn't get a shot on target. And it's it's frustrating. I, I don't see where that value is in that, in, that, um, in that transfer, any potential transfer. I think if you went to Spurs, for example, Conte with his... Wing backs? Would he, would he play right wing back? Um, not really sure. He wants to go back to that system again. Would he, would he slot in up front ahead of the likes of Lucas Son or, or Kane or um, that Brian Gillu they've just signed as well? So I'm not sure this this move is is anything to to get excited about really. Um, it was always linked when Nuno was there as manager and that made a bit more sense because he's managed him before and probably had a clear plan for him. But I can't see Conte going and spending 40-odd million on, on Adama Traore. But, um, yeah, I, I, it just frustrates me too much as a player. You can't really rely on him to go and do something. You, he'll get past someone and he'll bully them. Um, but I think he's suited to Wolves in the fact that um, teams come and try and play Wolves, and there's a there's a more, there's more space on the pitch for him to go and burst past two players and shoulder barge three off the ball mm. and whatever you and, and burst through. If you go if you come and play a tight sort of uh, if you went to a top club and they're coming and playing six or seven men behind the ball at all times and trying to frustrate you, I don't think a damage or it gives you anything to to get through that. Um, and if Spurs and Conte become a good sort of uh, partnership and he gets them playing well teams will come at Spurs and say right come on then you try and beat us because we're just mm. going to sit here and, and, and try and hit you on the counter-attack I don't think a damage or it gives you anything to break that down to be honest 
For a bit of fun at the start of the show, I asked you both for three words, but I'm going to link two with the Dharma Traore, and those two words are end product. It seems like everyone is always talking about end product when it comes to Adama Traore, saying that he's got loads of attributes, like what Marley says, he's strong, he's powerful, he can make these runs, he can be so direct, he can look like he can take the ball from one box to the other and score a sensational goal. But that end product never tends to come. No goals, no assists this season. He has displayed in the past that he is able to add goals and assists to his game, but it's always those two words that crop up when you're talking about his name, Callum. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think... Kind of like we were just talking about Haaland, I think Adama Traore is a really, he's got a really specific set of skills that I think haven't been utilised well recently. And I think when he burst on the scene and there was, again, like everyone, when they burst on the scene, they have a great game at the Etihad and everyone takes notice of them. He, there was a bit of a novelty factor. People didn't know how to defend against him. He is both he is both one of the strongest players in the league, the biggest players in the league, and also one of the quickest. Um, and I think if someone can figure out a way of adding that end product or just building a system that gets the best out of him then he could he could still be lethal because he's still got all those physical attributes i don't know if there's some kind of uh mentality thing going on there if you know maybe he's a really big sort of confidence player and the confidence is gone um spurs is an odd one it it's kind of a bit of a typical spurs signing in the fact that it kind of would be a bit random doesn't make any sense on paper but i think that's probably a hangover from when nuno was there um i think yeah i think it's a I think there is value in Adama Traore if you're a manager that's ready with a plan of how to get the best out of him because he's he's not slowing down anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I just think nobody nobody's quite figured out how to use him. Someone would have to foot the Vaseline bill as well, whichever club he <laughs> yes. moves to, with that baby oil on his muscles. That's it for today's Football Social Daily. Thank you very much, Marley. Thank you, Callum. Don't forget to hit subscribe. That way you won't miss another episode of the show again. We'll be back tomorrow. And we'll also be back Friday night with our special preview show for this season, The Dugout, featuring former Premier League professionals. We've got former Derby County defender Michael Johnson and ex-Southampton man Francis Benali as our guests on this week's show. So as I say, hit follow and that way you won't miss it. But that's it for today and we'll speak to you tomorrow on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.